Meeting Tom Cruise is a production of the Dan Patrick Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Amazing. Like I said, I, I do this with professional stuntmen. I do this with the best skydivers in the world. I have never had anybody hit their marks in free fall as good and as efficiently as Tom Cruise did. He was amazing. Tom Cruise is the greatest movie star of all time. He's the first actor to have six consecutive $100 million grossing films. He's shrouded in mystery, and yet to many is one of the nicest and hardest working people. We love Tom Cruise. We are inspired by Tom Cruise. And while we work in Hollywood, we've never actually met Tom Cruise. So we're going to talk to some people who have. We'll hear some great stories, and maybe, just maybe, one of them one day will lead us to the man himself so that we can have stories of our own. Our own stories of meeting Tom Cruise. Boys, are you on the edge of your tomorrow? Because Colonel Klaus von Miechenberg <laughs> is reporting for duty, and we're ready to plant a bomb in the lion's den and blow this episode up. <laughs> Welcome back, all you cruise conspirators. Now, you may not be shot down in a firing line for listening to this podcast, but you are now part of a movement. A movement to get Joel and I to someday meet Tom Cruise. So welcome to the revolution, baby. <laughs> oh my God. I'm all over the place on this intro. Had a little live, die, repeat, two parts Valkyrie and a dash of Tommy Lee Jones and under siege. That's a spicy recipe. We're already running late, Jeff. We're already running late. Fair point. Well, then let's get the train moving out of the station. And speaking of trains, do you guys know that Tom Cruise has been on a lot of trains in his films? That's it. That's all I got to say. Just wanted to say that. Okay. Well, yeah, if I'm the conductor right. of this train, I know we're going to get to it. Well, if I'm the conductor of this train, that's obviously going to derail at some point because we're going Denzel fast. Then with me is my co-conductor and brake man, Joel Johnstone. Joel, I need you to add some cold to this podcast and stoke the fire. Go. Today, we're going to get it right, folks. Today. Today. What, this is episode 15? 15? We've, 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 you know, we've been nope, honing already got and fine-tuning and... Nope. What episode is this? No, nope, We already messed up. Uh, no, I mean, it is. We just, we've just already yeah, got yeah, it wrong. No, no, like, no. It's but over. today, yeah, today's so the wrong. one. Today's the one. Okay. Okay. All right. I like that. Uh, well, also with us on this perilous adventure is none other than the ticket collector himself. The guy who would kick an eight-year-old off the train in the middle of winter if she lost her ticket. He's our producer, Alec Lev. Hey, Alec. A serious question. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen on a New York City train? Because I know you've been on a lot of trains in your life. Right away. I know you've seen some crazy stuff. Joel, put the... In fact, I, before I, you I, talk, I, Alec, hold on. Let's yeah. just move this right into the I was thinking about Tom Cruise this week. Because I was. Because I was realizing he's been on a lot of trains, which we'll touch on. So right now, before we touch on Tom Cruise and trains, what's the craziest shit you've ever seen? On a New York City train, besides just the average guy who clips his toenails on a train, which we, for some reason, have all seen multiple times. Have you ever, did you ever experience anything crazy? I don't know if I can say it on this. I, I don't, I mean, yeah, yes. I've we'll seen just it. say it and then we can edit it if we think I it's I saw bad. a guy giving himself a prostate exam. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can say that. And what are you talking about? You just saw someone put a thumb up his butt? <laughs> uh, I, 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 not just. Um, he was. He was. Do you have, was, a, do you have a, a a full? Was he in full whites? Did, uh, yeah, did he have the gloves? I'll, I'll, okay. Uh, in fairness, 
I was slightly inebriated, so it might not have um, happened. But I know it actually happened because I have I have backup. I, there was a, a, another very close friend of mine was with was with me. We woke up the next morning. We we're like, did we see that? And I was like, yeah, it definitely happened. It was you, Joel. <laughs> he was at the other other end of the car, and um, and this gentleman, I think, believed he was alone because the second we stopped. <laughs> With the second we started laughing and uh, uh, and and snuck out to the next car, he like pulled his pants back up. It was like, oh, is somebody seeing that? Joel, can you please tell us what he was doing? Because this is very crazy. I just told you he had his finger up his ass. But was he pleasuring himself or was he actually I, like worried something was up there? You know, Jeff, I didn't stop to ask himself, <laughs> sir, sir, are you are you enjoying that? Is there for that strictly uh, medical procedure, sir? <laughs> Sir, I'm talking to you. Sir? <laughs> Sir, why, why are you using two fingers now? Wow, that is... I don't know if uh, Alec and I are going to beat that. No, I quit. I quit, right? I've quit the show. Yeah. Yo, you're done. I quit the show exactly 17 seconds ago. So, see you guys later. I quit the subway after that. <laughs> I, became, I became an avid bike rider after that. Somebody was excited at one point that that seat was open. You know, at some <laughs> point in the day... That seat was open, and someone felt excitement to sit You're in that seat. Right. Ooh, ooh, an open seat. Ooh, let me just dust this off with my hand. All right, this week I was thinking about Tom Cruise. Go, Alec. No, 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 I'm just trying to get this podcast back uh, on track because it has derailed. Wait a minute. You don't, hey, so you don't have a story? He got oh. up with the train theme. Nice train theme, but you don't have a story. You're just being that. You're being that ticket collector again. That's being Not the dick. after that. That's horrible. I uh. uh Alec, you grew up in New York City in the 80s. You never saw one guy get shivved on the train? <laughs> I did, but that's not why the train is horrible. The train is horrible because there you are at 7.42 in the morning and you're in 11th grade and you have to go to school and you have to squeeze yeah. onto yeah. the train and you, and you are, you are immobile amidst, amongst the, the rabble and yeah. it's just a vile. It's why and you're I little. It. You're little. You're a kid, so you're not as tall as the rest. So your face is just right up hey, to someone's even, lower back. Even as an adult, I'm not as tall as the rest, and it's just <laughs> disgusting. It's vile. It's. I guess it saves you know environment. Can we get on? Did we start? No, we start? we're not. I'm going to tell you my train story. I got in a span of two months one time in New York. I got hit three different times all around the train. I got hit. Right when I came out of the train one time, oh God, it was like two in the morning. I came out of the train and a car a car came around the corner on 8th and 14th, I think. And he just plowed right into me and I went right up to the hood of his car, Joel. I got, I was underneath the elevated Wait train. Wait a on second. My, That's yep. not a story about the train. And it didn't happen on the train. <laughs> it happened out of the train. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to tell you a great story about my bedroom. I was in my bedroom, and then I left my bedroom when I was walking down the street, and a plane landed on me. What a crazy bedroom story. Fine. I just wanted to talk about the time I got hit three times. Can you tell us about other stuff that happened within a window of time after you left the train? <laughs> I did, man. In New York City, in a span of, I think it was a month or two, I got hit three different ways in New York City. I got hit while driving, I got hit on my bicycle, and I got hit while walking. None of them. None of those happened in the train. None of those. None of those worst, happened on the train. Worst subway train stories 
ever. Tom Cruise, <laughs> we know, of course, his most famous train was in MI1. That's got to be the best train sequence of all time. Charlie puts Ray back on the train at the end of Rain Man. Joseph hops off of a train to fulfill his dream of owning land in the Oklahoma Territory. Mission Impossible train. That's with the helicopter flying in after the train? Yes, with Jean Renault driving. Stupidest. What? It was 1996, Alec. No one had ever seen anything like that. Bring yourself back to the moment you saw amazing. that sequence. No, it was stupid. No, it wasn't. Um, and 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 also, I just want to say because there have been a lot of like tra- like fights on top of trains and everything like that, and that was the first time that I remembered. Obviously, they weren't actually on top of the channel doing that, but that was the first time I remember like a Hollywood film using fans. To recreate, like, yeah, w- the wind that would actually be propelling against somebody's face on top exactly. of the train. Exactly. Every other one is like, you know, two guys and their hair is perfectly coiffed. It's like, hey, get over here. Let me slap you around here a little bit. And like that one was like, oh, they made some effort here to make me believe they're on top of a train. Jeff's going to love this. The greatest scene involving trains is Buster Keaton's The General. 1927. Oh, here we go. That train was going four miles per hour and they sped it up. It was the- not. And Buster Keaton himself was was actually driving the train, getting on top of an actual moving train. So Tom Cruise that. Dude, I watched a thing on one of those Instagram cinema pages and they showed all the crazy shit that those guys used to do back in the day for stunts. You're right, dude. That's was nuts. no those guys. It was Buster Keaton. Okay, here yeah. we go. And 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 the other guys that tried it died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why we don't know about them. Yeah. Uh, what else do I got? Oh, here's a fun one. Minority Report. He's on a train, and that's when we get that nice little Cameron Crow cameo. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Do you even know that sequence I'm talking uh, about? He gets no, a- but are we just listing times that Tom Cruise was on a train? It is interesting. It is interesting. So I want you to pretend that this podcast is about Tom Cruise and people obsessed with Tom oh, Cruise. Oh, I'm the only one who is pretending it's about Tom Cruise two digits deep. Night, night and day, they take a train. They do take a train in night and day. Just ignore. Can someone, Doug, yeah. can you mute yeah. Alec? Yeah. Is that Ooh. possible? What if we have a mute button? No one can mute Alec. All right, well, let's wrap this up by saying, yeah, Tom Cruise has been on a lot of trains. <laughs> <laughs> Alec, question of the week. Pause. Don't say anything. Whoa. Because okay. this, I'm embarrassed. I just mentioned a bunch of Tom Cruise train sequences, and I literally forgot the most famous Tom Cruise train sequence. Do you guys, can you think of it right now? What's Risky business. The- Exactly, Alec Lev. Good job. Oh. How could we forget the risky business train yeah. sex scene? There's rumors that they I, actually it, had sex. In my mind, you had started with mm. that. Mm. Shit. Mm. I know. How that. did I forget that? My apologies, obvious, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. All right. All right. So one for Alec. That's one for Alec. That is one for Alec. I got that one right. Uh question of the week is um, in which movie did Tom Cruise make you cry the hardest? Okay. Only one? Which movie? I mean, because Joel, when I ask for one, we get a list of five with three alternates each on Jeff. So I can't. If I ask top 10, this is going to be a Nicholas Nickleby length episode. Go ahead. Oh, I've got a lot. Well, first, I want to (laughs) start with this. I've got a hot take. Hot take. I don't think I've really cried that hard in any Tom Cruise movies. Like, I don't. That's yeah. I think the one thing Tom Cruise hasn't done for me is get me mm. super misty. He hasn't met you either. But I could I could imagine that you had like a like like a jar of tears that you would keep the the goose death scene when you were a teenager. Oh, I, I, I don't remember how I, I I assume I did cry when goose first the first time, but I don't remember anymore because I've seen it too many times now. 
So I'm going to, you start, Joel. What can you name? What do you got? What do you got on your list? I I never had a brother. I, that's, 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 that's one of the things I have. I have have three older sisters. I, I, uh, I, I, it's just a relationship I've never had that I always wanted. And there's that monologue at the end when he's talking to the, uh, it's the part played by Barry Levinson, um, in Rain Man. Rain Man? Yeah. Um, what is he? The social service guy. And he's like, he gives that monologue and he's like, he's, he's my brother. And like that every, every time, I mean, I'm getting choked up just talking about it right now. I, I yep. like the first time I saw it, just buckets, buckets came and came out of my eyes. My Joe, my first, my first one on here is when Charlie Babbitt puts his head on his. So remember they, he says, okay, let's stop when they're trying to do the right and wrong in the cert and the two people leave the office. So it's just him and his brother for a minute. And when he says, I like having you for my big brother. I'm totally getting misty thinking about it too. Yes, they touch. Yes, yes, remember that? Yes. They just touch heads yep. for that moment. Yeah, that, yeah whole, that whole sequence just, just, it still gets me every time I watch it. Um, and then, and then, and then Magnolia. Magnolia. And it's not the really? minute he, st- he starts crying and the camera's not on him. It's just that, that, that whole, as soon as he walks in to, you know, the, the that whole, 15 minutes and it's it's chopped up between other scenes but but yeah he he and jason robarts get me going every time the the, the tear when he starts to cry that doesn't make me cry because that's no, so it's the stuff leading up to that you in a lot of pain she was in a lot of pain right to the end she's in a lot of pain i know because i, I was there Earl. you didn't like illness though do you I was there. She waited for your call. That got me emotional, but not when he starts to cry. Alec, did you not? You don't agree with that one? No, I, I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think you're right. It's at the beginning of that yeah. scene. Anything about any time it's people holding it back. Exactly. Right. And which is such, which is obviously both an acting trick. Right. But also just good, good writing, good directing. But you know that bawling isn't really going to get the audience to bawl. It's when you're exactly when Forrest Gump doesn't want to cry. But when he says, "Is he like me?" about his son, that's mine. Oh, I'm so you sorry. That is. I'm mine. so sorry. I'm sorry. You have stole, we'll get... in, in all movies, in all of the history of time, that was the scene I was going to mention for a scene that made me cry. Thank you, Jeff. Great. It's great. I, I'm sorry. Thanks, Jeff. I'm, I didn't. How am I supposed to know? That's impressive. Jesus. <laughs> well, that movie, that moment got everybody when he says, is he like me? And he backs up and he touches his chest. I can't Touch his even chest. deal with Touch his chest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Here's a scene that gets me. This is this is probably the one that I got the most misty in all of Tom Cruise's movie is when Samantha. I know this is ridiculous. This is so me. Yeah, okay. When Samantha Morton, by the way, and and. I, I don't want to call her underrated, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't even know who she is. She's one of the best actresses on the planet. When Watch Samantha her Morton in Sweet and Lowdown. It is one of the oh, greatest performances uh, you will ever agree. see. She, doesn't agree. Say she was nominated word. for that. Oh, yep. agreed. my goodness. Uh, Samantha Morton in Minority Report, when she's the precog, when she is up in the room, I will, I will start to cry if I describe this scene too much. When she can feel his energy because remember she can see the future so in that one monologue when she just describes him growing up as a little boy because remember the whole thing is the little boy is gone he's dead and so Cruz and his wife are standing there and she just describes his trajectory of his life that would have been oh man he's in high school he likes to run like his father 
He runs the two mile and the long relay. He's 23. He's at a university. He makes love to a pretty girl named Claire. He asks her to be his wife. He calls here and tells Laura who cries. He still runs across the university and in the stadium where John watches. Oh, God, he's running so fast, just like his daddy. Well, yeah. can't deal. Yeah. Can't deal. Yeah. But yeah. I I don't really I don't I, I went through the list hard. Let, go, Alec, go. What well, do you I am a I am a um, I am an open target for Aaron Sorkin. He plays the instrument, yeah. and yep. it, yep. I, I, it, the the theme to West Wing gets me every time. <laughs> yes! I am, yes, a hundred percent. I am all in for all of the 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 notes that he plays that are so, sometimes have a we could see it coming feel, but I'm there. So in a few good men, military uh, precision and um, honoring of ranks and stuff like that, and. I don't know why it always gets me. And when he's, I think when he says, when he salutes Tom Cruise and says, there's an officer on deck. Ten hut! There's an officer on deck. Oh, yeah. That'll yeah. do Boom. it. Boom. Yeah. He yep. just, you're right. It just gets me all. Yeah. I think there's a couple of times in A Few Good Men, it's a Sorkin thing more than a Cruise thing, but it, uh, it does it for me. Yep. It does. Yep. In this back half of the in this back half of the beating Tom Cruise season one, we seem to be talking less and less about Tom Cruise. But that's okay. Is it okay? Yeah. All right. Come on. Come on. I'm so excited to talk about movies. What? The the ultimate because I look because this is what I love to do. This Wait, is why we're doing what? this podcast. We don't even know oh, what we're doing. Tell me the movies that made you cry the most. Oh, Forrest okay. Gump. All right. Can we be done with this? Can we bring on the guest. Ugh. Joel, no, 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 this is a big deal are, to me. Yeah. This is a big deal. I will say, I will say uh, movies, non-Tom, non-Tom Cruise, most recently, Jojo Rabbit, at least five times. Mm. I wept like a small child. Mm. I just, that movie got to me in so many ways. I fucking loved that movie. Uh, um, you follow that then, butterfly right up to her shoes. Boom. Do, you're a mess. Do. Oh, you're a mess. Do. I don't want to Dude. give it away. And but. even the end when they start dancing and he starts snapping like this, uh, weeping, weeping. Um, yep. And then the obvious one that I forgot about, it was the first movie that made me cry. And I didn't realize because of the first movie that made my son cry, but I watched it with him in the last year for the first time. E.T. Oh, I forget about that. That's right. E. My son, totally. my son was asking question after question after question after question throughout the end. It was one of the first movies you've seen that's live action. Because, because, because up until a year ago, he was only interested in cartoon stuff, and um, and we watched it, and he was very interested. And then, and then when he's getting on the spaceship, and Elliot starts crying, my son just goes, "Why is he crying? Why is he crying?" And then I was like, "Well, he's leaving, son." And then just, <laughs> just, just, just couldn't take it. And then I couldn't take it. I mean, we were we were disgusting. We were disgusting. <laughs> for me, it was uh, for me it was Fletch lives. No, that's not right. For me, it was <laughs> the second. Um, uh, uh, Field of Dreams. Come on, this is easy. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. Field of Dreams has the staying power of making you cry at exactly the same times. Yeah. Yep. But now it's worse. I am. I'm, I'm, I see it coming, and yeah. I cry. I yeah. pre-cry. I do a yeah. pre-cry, like pre-cog. <laughs> it's pre-crime. You're pre-crime. You pre-cog. Pre-crime. I pre-cry before. Do you want to have a catch? 
Yep. Yeah. You know it's coming. Yeah. I got it. Well, my list is a little different, boys, because uh, those two are very obvious. So buckle wait, wait, up, because here we go. Oh. Cliffhanger. Rocket three. <laughs> Cobra. I'm sorry. You bite your tongue. When Rocky three, when Mick dies, that is a heartbreaker right there, my friend. Uh, you know, uh, Mick, Mick dies 95. and he's lost the fight. I know he's literally as old as Gandalf at that point. So I'm pretty sure he's good to go. Um, when I was a kid, my mom and I had just moved to Florida and I, I, I so I was already pretty emotional cause I was, you know, seven year old kid that had been taken away from, uh, his homeland of Connecticut. Anyway, my mom and I watched this movie called day of the dolphin. It's a Mike Nichols film made in 1973 starring George what? C. Scott. And if you don't know this movie, it's about the government training dolphins to like set bombs on boats or something. <laughs> it's a very weird movie. You, 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 it, you are talking about one of the yeah. titans of filmmaking making yeah. a movie about dolphins. Yep. Yep. I don't believe you. And at the end of the movie to save the dolphin or something, I, again, I haven't seen this movie since I was a little kid. He, he, he tells the, he's with George. He's Scott's on the, on the beach with a woman and the do Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. They have trained the dolphins to speak and the dolphin <laughs> can say, Ba, ba loves ba, and so the dolphin. No, nope. the, nope. there's no I'm way. There's no way Mike Nichols made that movie. That's not what? the yep. guy that did the Graduate and the Bird Cage. No, 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 no. He didn't make that movie. Want to have a catch? Ba <laughs> loves ba. So you see this dolphin calling after its owner, and they just walk away to save the dolphin's life or something like that. So the dolphin can go. My mother and I, if she was here right now, she would tell we bald sideways sideways tears we were an absolute mess yeah look it up day of the I'm dolphin georgie scott and directed by the great right mike nichols i mean you come to meeting tom cruise thinking you know maybe i haven't seen all the tom cruise movies but i feel like this might be something fun i know he's a big star like and now i have to also know the plot of the mike nichols dolphin movie to give a shit about <laughs> yeah. what's going on speaking here. of dolphins yeah. did you guys see that documentary the cove when they murder all the dolphins at the end Christy I and like I were truly traumatized. No, no because that, that, I knew it's a movie about murdering dolphins, and I don't <laughs> want to see that, Jeff. So bring it back to Tom Cruise. So what we're saying is he doesn't make you cry. Tommy didn't. I love his energy, his excitement. I mean, I, I, I guess I have gotten emotional in some of his films, but yeah, that's the one thing missing is that he doesn't give me that. He doesn't bring me in like Denzel does. Denzel brings you right in in so many of his films. Uh and I just don't get as misty in his movies, but you can you can argue against that, boys. Well, it's just funny because if you met him, you'd just burst into tears. That is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, as usual, this segment is going to die a slow death because Alec <laughs> wants it to be done. So I think that's it, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now commercials. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a surprise guest this week, and by surprise, I mean it's a surprise for Jeff and Joel. Now, to many, he might not be a household name, but I could promise you this. Every Tom Cruise fan knows his work. They know that he has helped to give us one of the two or three greatest, greatest Tom Cruise action moments in the Cruise canon. Has he met Tom Cruise? Well, yes, he has. He might have spent more time with Tom Cruise than almost any of our guests. What? But... Most of that time, and certainly not the most important part of that time, was never spent with their feet anywhere near touching the ground. 
I want to introduce you now to a man who has made over 23,000 jumps out of airplanes. Are you the cameraman? With over 100 of those pointing his camera at the face of Ethan Hunt. That's right. Today, we are going to hear Tom Cruise stories from 20,000 feet. It's Craig O'Brien, aerial cameraman from Mission Impossible. Fallout Craig, welcome to the show. Holy oh shit! Oh my freaking God! <laughs> Holy shit! Thanks for having me. You're guys. that guy? <laughs> I'm that guy. We've talked about you! Come on now. Craig! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh my god! Now, now you all see why I had to make this a surprise. Jeff and Joel are actors, but they're not good enough actors to have just done that had I told them who was no, coming on the show. Nobody could act that. Holy shit. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so excited! Let's let Craig tell his story. Now, Craig, while 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 Jeff and Joel <laughs> Oh my god. While Jeff and Joel get their shit together, I'm gonna start us off. At this point in the show, we usually ask our guests to give us their life story until the moment they met Tom Cruise, but they have 60 yeah. seconds to do it. Now, those, however, are actors, and their stories are like, I was born, I wanted to be an actor, and I acted, and then I met Tom Cruise. You are a superhero, basically, so I think with Jeff's permission, we're going to give him more than 60 seconds. Please tell us about your life, how you got into doing what you're doing, and some of the highlights until the moment. We'll get to Tom Cruise, but just until you met Tom Cruise. Tell us about your life. Okay, I'll tell you. I, I got into skydiving because my dad was a skydiver way back in the early days. And he was also into photography, so he both wow. he, he he inspired me to be both a photographer and a skydiver. Um, skydiving was something I was just going to do as a hobby, and photography was going to be my profession. But as soon as I got into skydiving, I knew immediately that that was going to be my niche for photography, and I've been doing that for almost thirty years now, and uh, have a blast doing it. But uh, yes, it wasn't long before I started skydiving. Coming into skydiving with a, a photography background already kind of slingshotted me quite quickly into the realm of doing production work and skydiving. And I was, you know, out here in California around the right people and, and snuck in there pretty quickly and been lucky enough to do some um, pretty high profile movies. I know you did some iron. Tell us about the Iron Man yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, I did both Iron Man one, what? Iron Man three, um, Kingsman was another big movie uh, that I worked on. The first Kingsman, um, bucket list. I shot the Love bucket that. list. Uh, I was in front of the camera on Charlie's Angels. I was the bad guy in Charlie's Angels on the very first one, and my wife was the double for Lucy Lou. My wife uh, used to also be a professional skydiver. I don't know if you've ever seen sky surfing, but she was a three-time world champion uh, sky surfer, and we competed together for five years doing that. And uh, about the time she decided to uh, hang up her board and quit skydiving, that's when I really went full throttle into production work. So Brass Tax, you live an above-average interesting life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a good time day to day. We'll say that I, I, I do. I'm, I'm a quite conservative <laughs> guy, believe it or not. I'm not really like a dangerous type person, um, but I do enjoy jumping out of airplanes and uh, creating images that way. It's a kick in the pants. What kind of comment is that, Craig? Yeah. <laughs> that's like saying, you know, for the most part, I just like to relax besides my trips to the moon. Like yeah. that's <laughs> on the way on the way to Ralph's, he's yelling at people going 35 and a 25. Slow down. It's dangerous. <laughs> I am that guy. I am that guy. <laughs> so wait a minute. Are you more of the 
that that are you more of an adrenaline junkie or is it that we hear or are you just missing that thing in your brain <laughs> that's that death just doesn't bother you like what where are you on that spectrum well, i think maybe closer to the second one i don't think death bothers me too much i'm not really an adrenaline junkie but i do enjoy what i do, do and it. um yeah. i don't know maybe you guys should come out and uh give skydiving a try I mean, it's not as scary as you think it is yeah, I've never done it. Has, have any of us ever done it before? I've I, never done it. No, no skydivers. Huh? I will take you up on that. I'm serious. It's it's on my list. It's Guys, my I'm list. afraid to fly commercial. Much less. <laughs> Jeff, let's I do it. I would pay anything to see Alec. Just yeah. he, He'd be a little nervous. If he doesn't like to fly commercial, he'd be really scared if he saw the airplanes we jumped out of. Oh, wow. my gosh. I can't even deal. Um, okay. <laughs> go, Alec, go. Let's, let's just cover it right now. The moment you jump out of an airplane, as none of us have, have done it, whether the first time or the 20,000th time, can you put into words that experience of your, your feet leaving the plane? You know, what I, what I like most about skydiving is that moment when you do leave the airplane, it's obviously full commitment. Um, you got to do something after that to save your life or your life is going to end. But everything else goes away. It literally goes away. You have to focus specifically on that. All the problems of the world dissolve. You're just com completely consumed in the activity you're doing at that moment. And it's quite exhilarating. And, uh, you know, that's where I get my kicks. Wow. I just got cold. Like, I'm feeling, like, <laughs> uncomfortable. I have to grab a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, All right. This is, this is, this has just been, okay, so. Um, oh. uh, so, so you filmed the, we're going to get to Tommy in a second, but you filmed the, the notorious halo jump scene. Yes, correct. Uh, just just for clarification, how many feet above the ground did you start? 25,000 feet is where we started that. That was a true halo skydive from a C-17 <laughs> military aircraft. Um, not a lot of people get the opportunity just to go out and play with military aircraft like that and do what we were doing, but it was a, it was a super good time. Um, and yeah, 25,000 feet adds a little bit of, you know, technical... Uh, things to skydiving we have to breathe oxygen prior to even sure taking sure. off and, yeah. and and we're on oxygen and free fall which is, is a little added challenge especially when i'm already you know wearing a helmet that's got a you know a, a red cine camera on top of it you know with about 20 pounds of gear you know and plus i got a mask on my face and oxygen bottle on my belly it yeah. it, it was it was uh, a lot to handle craig can what you explain to can you explain to look at all three of us are so freaking excited <laughs> hang on, hang on, can hang on, you hang can on, you hang on, hang on was this the first time that you were filming then because normally i'd imagine you're filming the stunt person doubling as this that or the other thing was this the first time you were filming at, at, at that altitude the number one on the call sheet Absolutely. I, I, I've never, I've done, I've been lucky enough to do a number of movies, but I have never jumped with, you know, a star, not to mention an A-lister like Tom Cruise. You're, you're telling me that Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman and Bucket List didn't jump? <laughs> no, they did not jump. <laughs> I'm probably not supposed to tell you that, but no, they didn't jump. I, I, I think we expected them not to. For comparison's <laughs> sake, when my when my sister-in-law, Ronit, went on one of those tourist go in, a, go in an airplane and jump kind of things, how high do you think she went for comparison to the 25,000 feet that the halo jump was? What's a standard? She probably got halfway there. Yeah, st standard exits about twelve thousand five hundred feet is normal normal skydiving altitude. And how long are you wow. fall? And how long are you actually free falling at those normal heights? Like, what's uh, 
Is it a minute? Is it? Yeah, it's about 50 seconds to a minute. Um, if you're falling for a minute from 12,500 feet, you're probably deploying a parachute around 2,500 feet, uh, which is which is, is a little bit lower today's standards. In the last few years, they've kind of brought standards up and make people deploy their parachutes higher than we used to back in the old school days. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a 50 seconds to a minute of working time. <laughs> Craig, can you explain to uh, the listeners and us why you need, I mean, I know you'd think this is a basic answer, but why exactly do you need oxygen at 25? What makes a halo jump a halo jump? And what what's what's happening up there in the atmosphere as well as temperature? Sure. Uh, halo stands for high altitude, low opening. And the military use it primarily. They'll get an airplane way up there, 25,000 feet. That's hardly noticeable from the ground. Um, probably at nighttime in a military situation, they'll jump out, fall silently through the sky, open low so that they spend very little time under their parachute, land in a designated area, and then off to their task they go, whatever that may be. That's, that's what Halo's designed for, and that's kind of was the theme of the story as well, right? They were up at 25,000 feet. Of course, Ethan Hunt opened his parachute just you know, feet above the uh, Palladium in France <laughs> and uh, hung on the spire there. I can't, I can't deal. I'm really not doing well. I know. I'm, this I'm, is, I'm, I know, I know. Okay, so tell us. Tell us about the moment you met Tom Cruise. You know, Tom Cruise, uh, I, I've been lucky enough to meet a few people, but Tom Cruise was really amazing. I, I, they flew me out to London, out to the studio to do an original interview, and they were already in the process of filming. So I'm on set. You know, the, all the stuff's going on all day long, and I'm just waiting for a moment. I mean, he doesn't like plan meetings and meet you in the office. This guy's busy 24-7, it seems like. And he just took a moment, um, you know, between shoots to come and talk to me. He actually spotted me without even me being introduced to him. He obviously does his homework because he spotted me, walked, came walking straight up to me, introduced himself to me, which kind of blew me away, right? And, of course, I introduced myself, and he tells me, yeah, I know who you are, which was kind of silly to me, and and just immediately got right into talking business because that's how he is. He is all business all the time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we hear from everything that we've read about this, there's, there's, there's how much you guys practiced, and then there's how much you actually shot because this needed to be shot at a specific time of day. Am I right in saying that? Correct. So tell us about Correct. those two things, how much you guys, how many jumps you did, because that was in the hundreds, if I've heard correctly. Correct. And, and then the actual shoot days. Yeah, we, we uh, started out um, training in an, uh, a, a vertical wind tunnel, which is a, uh, a machine makes wind you get in it's basically it's on the ground but you're you know skydiving in it we did numerous weeks of training uh with tom in that tunnel when he would have his spare time which was not very often but he would fly in <laughs> that um he did come to this job with like 40 some jumps under his belt from years ago i think he did some skydiving when they were doing uh, days of thunder years ago when they're filming days of thunder in in, in florida he got into some skydiving. But we had him in the tunnel for a few weeks, did a bunch of training. Then we left London, went to Abu Dhabi, where we did the actual skydiving. And we did uh, like four straight weeks of just skydive training, where he was just doing some basic skydiving skills um, and, and trying to get better. 
with some other skydiving instructors because at that time they every time me and Tom got together it was just camera talk and film talk and uh, they'd have to keep us separated so they'd keep him focused on his skydiving skills um but as soon as we got into uh actual shooting it was you know game on we were just practicing the sequence we would go up and do five jumps in the morning out of a twin otter airplane which is pretty much a normal skydiving aircraft um we would do five of those take a break for lunch and then we'd have the c-17 in the afternoon and when we do three exits uh three jumps from the c-17 and this went on for about a week and then we started shooting but of course once we started the official shoot we had one take a day and that was it um so we would practice the we would practice that sequence that whole skydiving sequence we split it up into just three pieces and and they're three really big pieces uh so we would practice that specific piece throughout the day and then head on up to uh you know the sunset we we would get up there at sunset take a minute or two to fly around to make sure the timing and the light was just perfect and then we'd try and execute that piece and uh Yes, we had a lot of practice coming up to each piece, but we have to remember every time we skydive, it's never going to be identically the same, right? It's going to be different every time. And they had an exact idea of exactly what they wanted to see, and they were very particular on how my framing was, how how everything was. They had it pre-vised out, so we had to follow that to a T. And the, the first piece... Um, we had some technical difficulties at first, uh, but once soon as we got the technical difficulties ironed out with the camera equipment, um, as far as like hitting his spots and doing the, the, the action, he was flawless, flawless, uh, uh, amazing. Like I said, I, I do this with professional stuntmen. I do this with the best skydivers in the world. I have never had anybody hit their marks in free fall as good and as efficiently as Tom Cruise did. He was amazing. Truly amazing. Matter of Craig, fact, we- listen to what you just said. Jeez. I mean, listen to the words that just came out of your <laughs> mouth. Like, this is your life, man. That's bananas. Um, and, uh, Go ahead. Go, well, well, just, just, go ahead. Uh, it's also exciting. Just so, And so when you're saying it's three pieces, right? When you see the final cut film, I believe it is only three shots, right? Because Correct. we don't want, you didn't want to cut it all up. Because an audience, even a, a non-sophisticated audience, knows the more cuts, well, the more cheats that could happen. Correct. The less real it feels. And so that first shot is Tom's there. Ethan Hunt is there. He's walking, walking, walking. He walks down the, the platform. I don't know the technical words. He walks down. He jumps out. That's all one shot. And you're going for however many seconds or a minute it is all in one before you're cutting to the next Shot because we we don't want to have a lot of cuts in there so that we can really see that the action is is really happening, right? Correct. And that was the whole idea was to just make sure the viewer knows without question that that's Tom Cruise doing that stunt. And he did that stunt and he did it well. He did it well. It was great. It it was from from the in that scene when you see that shot of him looking off the ramp and the lightning goes off and then he turns and walks back in. It's a wonder from from that point. And, um, I had to film all that 
from my helmet cam with a camera on my head. Yeah, that was my question. So you had to have a different eye line, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm lucky enough, lucky for him. I know he's not very tall, but I'm not very tall either. He's actually maybe an inch or two taller than me. I'm only like <laughs> five, six. Uh, maybe that's why I got the job. <laughs> but I was able to just, you know, squat down a little bit and just try to be as smooth as I can, walk and follow him in there and then doing the lap around him. But the hardest part was walking backwards 80 feet not knowing where the edge of the ramp was and then getting off the ramp without tumbling or losing the shot. That was the real trick. That was hard, Craig? That was incredibly hard. That was hard. I had to film for three hours the other day, Craig. Three. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Tom was, was hugely helpful in helping me with my timing on the exit. We were trying markers on the ground, markers in my peripheral, but what really came down and nothing was really consistent until Tom came up with the idea of as I get close, he's just going to rush me and force me into having to jump at the proper time. And it worked perfectly. Unfreaking believable. So he 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 was he, it, at one point. He's actually helping a guy with over twenty thousand skydives achieve what we needed to do to get this shot done. Oh my god! Here, quick, just quick. Here here's a quick solution. I'm just going to sprint at you and knock you out of a plane. Is that yeah, the yeah, best? Yeah. That makes That's sense. That, seems, sure. that yeah. was the solution. When I start sprinting at you, it's time to go. <laughs> for for those of us, Craig, you know, in comedy, Joel and I, you know, work are working on comedies right now. We see the cameraman's got a got a focus guy that's over there. They got another guy that's you know helping move him around. Where I, I heard something about you never like if he was more than three feet away from you, you were out of focus. Is that true? Was there a focus guy? Is there someone else jumping out there with you? Um, I had a custom device in my left hand that I was using to pull focus with. Um, once I was out oh the airplane, God. holy shit, you were pulling focus at 25,000 feet. <laughs> yes, I was. Yes, I was with a monitor. Could you see? Nope. Nope. Doing it by feel, you know, it took some practice, but, uh, you know, and, and, and of course, of course the DP wanted us to shoot it F 2.8. So my depth of field when, when we were in close focus was inches, six, six inches. <laughs> All right. So he had to hit his mark. I had to hit my mark and I had to focus that camera and, you know, try to keep it all in. So it was it really was quite amazing that we pulled it off as quickly as we did. How do you hit your mark? What does that mean? You're flying. (laughs) What does that mean? Jeff can't hit his mark when he's got three feet to walk from a chair to a desk. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand. Our marks basically will just are our position relative to each other. Right. We literally on the ground would stare at each other and figure out what that looks like and walk it on the ground. We call it in skydiving, it's called a dirt dive, uh, where we're practicing on the ground, walking it out. And we would do that over and over and over and over and over again, multiple times, and then go practice the jump and do it again between every jump. On the on the halo jumps, how fast are you, before you 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 deploy the shoot, how fast are you traveling? Yeah, what is terminal? What's this? I remember there was that Charlie Sheen movie, Terminal Velocity. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Is there? There's a. There's only a. What, right? Is there like a max speed, and then that's it? Right? Well, there is, but but that's based upon 
It's, it's, the pace, it's based upon your personal mass and the surface area you're exposing to the wind. If you're, if you're pointed straight down like a, like a, a, a high diver, you know, you're going to be going well over 200 miles an hour. But a normal skydiver on our belly, like we see most of the time, that's normally like about 120-ish miles an hour. Tom Cruise, ever, I mean, n- no fear, obviously, in this man. The guy has no fear, no fear a- a whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, I never saw it. I never seen him nervous. I never seen him. I mean, his concern is performance and performance alone. I never seen him scared, even to a point where I even told people, I said, you know, he should be scared a little bit, but he's not scared at all. And uh, <laughs> wanting to push it, wanting to, we did our first jump from 25,000 feet, landed, and the first words out of his mouth in the landing zone, we're going to 30,000 feet on the next jump. I said, you know what? You go without me because I'm not going to 30. We don't need to go to 30,000 feet. It's dangerous at 30,000 feet. You know? I now, Craig, it. why? Why? Why is it dangerous? At those altitudes, if we have an oxygen problem, it only takes about 15 or 20 seconds before you're going to pass out for lack of oxygen. And if you don't get help quick, you can definitely die from lack of oxygen at those altitudes. So, I mean, it's important that, that, uh, you know, everything is done correctly and safely and in a manner that we can... um, help each other if there is a problem. The higher we go, the less chance there is for us to help each other if needed, even inside the airplane. Wow. And of course, the airplane, because we're breathing oxygen, the airplane's not pressurized. So we're exposed to whatever the outside uh, air pressure is as we're climbing to altitude. Do you know how many halo jumps you did with Tom Cruise? I know we counted Tom's jumps and he did like a Somewhere between 100 and 115 total jumps throughout the six weeks of shooting in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> um, and I probably did 80 some of those jumps with him. Some of those he would go up with just his uh, skydiving instructors, especially early. And then I was still down prepping cameras and setting up camera stuff because they wanted to also have him focus on training and not filming. And of course, anytime I was in close proximity to him, everything we talked about was filming, not skydiving. Craig, where's Henry Cavill in all of this? Is he doing this too? Yeah, he didn't skydive, uh, but he was on set with us. He was filming um, with us and great guy to work with. Henry was super cool, you know, super easy. Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't seem like the big star that he is as well. I mean, you know, but he was he seemed like the maintenance guy, you know, with the hangar hanging out with us. He was actually pretty cool. And, and, And Tom was as well. But of course, he's he's, you know. Got a little more attention than everyone else on set. So he, why didn't he do the jumps? Did he have a stunt double like most normal people would? He, he, he did. He really wanted to do the stunt. He really wanted to learn to skydive. Um, he was super into what was going on and was quite disappointed that they wouldn't let him jump. And as you can understand, it, it's quite a, a huge liability to, to throw a guy like Tom Cruise out of the airplane um, for a production company. Uh, they weren't having, 
number two guy go out as well. They weren't having it. What? That sounds ridiculous. So if Tom Cruise dies, they're like, ah, we still got Henry. We still finish the movie. (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. Uh, Or is it just so much money if they both went? (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm going to ask a purely selfish question now, Craig. Um, If I wanted to get into skydiving, like how how many jumps do I have to do as, as a pedestrian, as a virgin skydiver, before I don't have to be in, you know, one of those adult baby Bjorn things. Tandem. A tandem. tandem. You can, you first jump. You can come out, sign up for a program they call AFF, Accelerated Freefall. You'll do like a six to seven hour ground course. They'll gear you up with your own jumpsuit, your own uh, parachute. And two instructors will physically jump out with you. And that's your first skydive. No tandem if you don't want to. And I don't have to. I don't have to be tethered to another human being. Nope. And then when your parachute's no. pulled, you're on your own under the parachute. You do have a radio system on that. Uh, someone on the ground with the walkie-talkies helping you guide guide you to a safe landing and telling you where to turn and how to flare your parachute. But that's you. If you want to, Joel, come on out to Paris Valley skydiving, and we'll uh, hook you right up. I will see you there, Craig. Joel, let's do it. Joel, that sounds, honestly, that sounds pretty safe. I've always feared because, you know, we all have young children and I'm like, oh, I don't know if that would be the smartest, but you're saying like, if my, if something went wrong with my shoot, I've got not one, but two instructors next to me that could technically save my life is what you're saying, Craig. Their, their job is to make sure your parachute gets deployed. Once that the parachute comes off your back, if there's a problem with that parachute, that training that you just went through is you're going to have the information you need to save your life at that point. But yeah, if you like just are cross-eyed and not doing anything, these guys are going to deploy a parachute for you. You guys ready? Let's do it, Joel. Jeff, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm serious. Let's do it. I'm, Let's do it. I, Alec is a big question mark. I don't know what his... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about his choices yet. I mean, the guy, oh. you know... <laughs> Yeah, I don't even like living on the second floor, you know, so I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> Craig, I mean, I think the be- one of the most fascinating things, and, and this is an obvious thing, I mean, right now, y- y- talking to you, you seem like you're the vice principal of a middle school, and <laughs> and, and, and it was very good at doing taxes. You seem like this very sweet, and you made it the reference earlier that, you know, if someone goes faster than the speed limit, you're upset. What? How are you like this? Where? where is it just simply you're, you're that on the extreme end of daredevils? Yeah, yeah, your dad just raised you this way, and that's that. This to you? Yeah, I got a good balance of my mom and my dad. My dad was quite the wild man. Um, he was a true pioneer in the industry of deep sea diving, the commercial diver. But of course, he was a uh, mm. his hobbies were skydiving and sailing and racing cars and motorcycles. Um, so when I was a young kid, that's awesome. what I did chasing my dad and my mother was a hundred percent 180 the other direction. She's scared of everything. She, she's just, she's a stay home mom. And you know, she still asks me every day after 30 years, son, when are you going to stop that skydiving? <laughs> you know, so that I, I'm, I'm about, oh, God, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I would have loved to have been in your household the, the first day your dad told your mom, I'm taking him up with me. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't tell her. We told her afterwards. That was an afterwards. Hey, check this out. <laughs> we knew it wasn't going to be good if we said something before. And am I correct that you were up there with James Corden and Tom Cruise as well? Oh. Yeah. 
What a great day that was. That was a fun day with those two. I mean, James Corden's a funny guy, and Tom Cruise matched him line for line all day long. It was a blast. That was my favorite episode of Corden I've seen. And James Corden was scared. <laughs> he was very scared. He was, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, we took advantage of it and scared him even more as much as we could as we were going along. But uh, it, it was a fun day. I'm sorry. I, I just remember Tom in that watching Tom jump out of that plane the step he took off the plane was no different than taking the next step on a ground. It was just, yeah, okay, now I'm walking off a plane. Yeah. No, no notice that this was happening to him. Yeah, no, Tom Cruise doesn't have any fear of that stuff. He's, he just asks how to do it and gets the right people around him to teach him stuff. And he goes, pulls it off like a professional. Seems like every time. Craig. Thank you so much for, for doing this. This is really quite amazing. You're a national treasure, Craig. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It was great talking to you guys. I had a great time. And uh, hope you guys uh, come on out and do some skydiving with me, man. You contact me and let me know. I'll arrange it all. Count us in. All right. That would be amazing. That means the world. And we will absolutely do that because this is why we're this is part of why we're doing this, man. We're trying to be we 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 want to meet Tom so badly and we know we need to jump through some hoops. So in this case, we're literally going to do it. <laughs> All right, cool. Hey, we come out and do a skydive. I'll make a little clip. I'll send it off to him and uh, see if we can get a response from him. Oh, my Jeff. Now, now, now we really have motivation to do it, Jeff. Are we going to jump out of a plane? Oh my God, I love this podcast so much. Honey, can I jump out of a plane? Uh, you know, we've gotten, again, we have 167 fantastic reviews. I mean, they're not, they're not all fantastic reviews, but they're all reviews uh, <laughs> on, on Apple Podcasts. I really, we really want to get it to a thousand reviews. I mean, if Come you on, are people. listening to this podcast, there are thousands of people who do listen to this podcast. Come Please on, let people. This be, let this be the episode. If you go and rate us, give us those five stars. It does make it much easier for people to find. Let's take the moment right now to go do that. We're also getting fantastic. Hey, just like the guy on the train, give it two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the love. Um, so uh, we also get amazing emails. We are creating a, a fantastic cruise community, a, cr a community, a community. Nice. Yeah. A nice, wing, um, wing men, wing people. Wingmen, wingmen, wingmen and women around the world. Check this one out. Hey, guys. My boyfriend Jack and I are big fans of the podcast and have been listening since the start. You've grown our fascination with Tom Cruise and inspired us to binge all the MI films recently. We talk about it all the time, but we never even dreamed of seeing him in real life, let alone meeting him until now. What? We are currently on holiday in North Yorkshire for our anniversary and couldn't believe it when we discovered Tom was filming the new Mission Impossible down the road. We took a chance and headed down to set in a sleepy village. We were stunned after an hour of waiting when security came out and announced Mr. Cruz will be coming out and began <gasps> to organize a meet and Stop greet. Your face. I'm telling you now. He's everything you promised he'd be on the podcast. And believe me when I say, fathoming that this has happened is still impossible for us. We told Tom we're really looking forward to his next film. And I said meeting him had been had made our anniversary very exciting. He looked us both in the eyes and wished us a happy anniversary. And then again. After that, this photo 
was taken. Let me see. Let me see. And here is the photo. I'm showing them with Tom and our guest. Oh, come on! Six feet away. And you want to know something that's really crazy? Is I saw that sweater. I've seen these pictures around the internet of him in that sweater, and I want to find it. (laughs) Like That's a fantastic (laughs) sweater. My first note to the world is if you're a meeting Tom Cruise fan, and you meet Tom Cruise. Yes, Alec. You must tell him about this podcast. Yes. I've been yes, listening yes, to this podcast yep. about you. That's amazing. That's all you have to say, people. Two things we need from you. We need reviews and we need you to tell Tom Cruise about us. And so very best wishes. Uh, it says, you know, thank you for making us love him even more. We can't believe after being so inspired by your podcast that we actually met Tom Cruise and he's everything we dreamed. He'd be very best wishes. Jenny and Jack. A, do we believe them? B, how jealous are you of them? Of course we Apparently. believe him, Joel. What are you talking about? That's the picture. I mean, That's yes, a- that could be a picture of anybody. <laughs> These are nice people. We're just bummed that they didn't call out the meeting Tom Cruise podcast. Him, listen, we're a little selfish, and that's okay. You know, it's just we we need people, more people, to tell Cruise about us. The more we inception into Tom Cruise about meeting Tom Cruise. Yeah. What should yeah. they say to Tom Cruise about us? Here's what you do. Oh yeah. my God. Oh, Tom Cruise. Uh, it is so nice to meet you. You, you want to know what's crazy is that I've been listening to the meeting Tom Cruise podcast all about you. There and it is. So it just got me even more excited to meet yeah. you now. And then yeah. he'll be like, Oh, tell me about that. Like if somebody was like, Hey, Jeff Meacham wants to meet you. What do you, what do you want Tom to know about Jeff Meacham? That I love him so much that I dream about him. And with that, meeting Tom Cruise is hosted by Jeff Meacham, Joel Johnstone and me, Alec Lev. It's also produced by the same Alec Lev. We we can't cross over into the restraining order area before we need him because that will happen post. Our executive producers are Doug Matica and Dan Patrick. Our engineer and mixer is Alex Reeves for Point of Blue Studios. What, g- give, give me five good things you want Tom to know about Jeff Meacham. Okay, I want him to know that I'm an Aries. Boom! Editing by Alec Lev with additional editing by Alex Reeves. I want him to know that I've had hair transplant surgery and I'm not ashamed to talk about it. Our music is by H. Scott Salinas and Matthew Atticus Berger. Artwork by Rebecca Montoya. Number three. I want him to know that from a distance I look like I have brown eyes, but up close they're kind of hazel. I don't think he'll care about that. Number four. Executive produced by Paul Anderson and Nick Pinella for Workhouse Media. I want him to know that I love... I love the Boston Red Sox with all my heart. He's a New York Yankees fan. He grew up in Jersey for the most part. Uh-oh. Damn it. We are a production of Meeting So-and-So in association with Workhouse Media. Um, number five. Here we go. I want him to know that, hey, I I played volleyball in high school, and your most famous scene is a volleyball scene. So there we go. We got some. I don't think that's his most famous scene or what he wants to be remembered for. But there you go. There you go. That's five right off of that. Let's, you know what? Just because we're generous, let's go. Let's go with half a baker's dozen here. One more. One more. Find us online at Meeting Cruise on Instagram and Twitter. Check out our website and show notes at meetingtomcruise.com. And you can email us at contact at meetingtomcruise.com. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Please give us a rating. Five stars are much appreciated. And write a review. It really helps people to find the show, and we just might read it on the air. Meeting Tom Cruise was created by Jeff Meacham and Alec Lev. I want Tom to know that one time I thought I was a vampire because I maybe in college smoked a little too much weed, and I bit my friend's neck. Folks, 
If that's not enough to get Tom on our show, I don't know what is. Meeting Tom Cruise is a production of the Dan Patrick Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. You're that guy? 